Hey everyone, this is Cameron, and today we finish up our time in the letter of Second John, um, which means starting tomorrow, Monday, uh, we will pick up in the letter of Third John, another very, very short New Testament letter. Um, and we will be kind of working through that one for two weeks with a similar format. Uh, again, just encourage you to read through the letter of Third John at least once a day, every day, for the next couple of weeks. Um, we'll have a few devotionals get published, and then um, and then we'll move on from there. Uh, but to finish up Second John today, I just wanted to start with this, acknowledging this little <laughs> phenomenon that happens. Like so often, our circumstance determines what kinds of things we notice. I was thinking about this specifically uh, with with <laughs> films. Um, there's a movie I used to really love. I, I still do like it. Uh, I revisited it not too long ago called Donnie Darko. Um, kind of an interesting little sci-fi film. Um, but I, I just loved that movie in high school. And I had this really funny realization not too long ago where, um, though I used to really, when I watched that movie, I'd really identify with Donnie and and, and see myself kind of slotting into his position uh, he's a high school student in the movie. Um, more recently, I just totally found myself like empathizing and sympathizing with uh, the parents much more so. Um, the parents of this high school boy um, who are secondary characters in in the movie, but for some reason, their like their processing of what was going on just just hit me a lot more uh, because obviously that's becoming. I, I don't have high school children, but. Uh, as a now a parent of two, that's just becoming more and more of the lens through which I, I view the world. And so there's just angles of that movie that I, I just, I don't know, kind of gloss over or didn't really see or whatever. And this sort of thing happens, I think, all the time. Again, our circumstance determines what we notice very, very often. And it's that way with these last two verses of Second John. I have read Second John numerous times in my life, um, but these last two verses never really stuck out to me or hit me the way they do now for reasons I think will be obvious. So let me let me just read them real quick. So Second uh, John verses 12 and 13 say, Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your elect sister greet you. Did you catch it? I'm suspecting for, for many of us uh, it hit this way, but um, here is John just sitting here longing for face-to-face -face connection with this church community that he's writing to. That's the kind of thing that would just... Normally, I would just gloss over, yeah, yeah, whatever, of course, he wants to be with them. But in this in this time of COVID-19, and now being, what, two months removed from uh, sort of regularly seeing um, anyone, let alone our church community that's so near and dear, um, his desire here, his, his, his longing to be with them face-to-face -face just really took on a fresh resonance for me. And... I've said it before, I'll say it again. I'm so grateful for the communication technologies that we do have. The fact that we can have prayer meetings and community groups and 
um, and, and so on and so forth over things like Zoom is awesome. The fact that we have cell phones that allow us to call one another on a whim, um, FaceTime, uh, email, um, letters, like all these old and new technologies that allow us to stay connected are wildly important. Um, and I'm super grateful for them. And yet what John <laughs> picks up on here, and I'm, I'm sure you've already picked up on from experience here is that it, it is much better to be face to face. And though our technologies are great, zoom fatigue is a real thing. And phone fatigue is a real thing. And screen fatigue is a real thing. And, uh, all of this, I think serves to just really reinforce the fact that goes all the way back to the garden, that it is not good for man to be alone. And our technologies can, can sort of put a bandaid on that aloneness and on that separation, but, but they don't ultimately provide the final answer. I don't, I don't believe, um, there's something about face to face, um, heart to heart connection, uh, that's special. And maybe even more than special, that's that's necessary. I mean, in the midst of everything going on with the coronavirus, it's so tragic to see the amount of depression and anxiety and even what they call deaths of despair that um, seem to be a, really affecting people as as they as they really struggle to cope with with isolation that's been brought upon by this. And so here, as, as John concludes his short letter, he feels that and he sees that and he says, you know what, I, I have more to say, um, but I'm, I'm done writing about it. Um, I hope to come to you in person. And that he even says that by doing that in person, his joy will be made complete. That there will be an increase in joy. Probably as he, uh, what he has in mind is as he sees them doing the things he's describing, seeing them walking in the truth of Jesus um, in person, in the flesh, seeing the way their community um, loves and serves together uh, is going to bring him just, just this fullness of joy, which is really beautiful. And more than that, even the incarnation of Jesus has this principle at play. I mean, the whole idea of Emmanuel, God with us, is this idea that the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, um, was not content with with um, the sort of distance that was there um, in, in a certain sense, but instead he incarnated into human flesh to come and be God with us, to, to talk with us and to walk with us face to face um, as a person, both fully God and fully man. Um, the incarnation testifies to the power and importance of, of sincere, genuine, real deal, face-to-face -face connection. Um, and the future hope that we have for, um, for eternity future and in, in, in the recreated new heavens and new earth uh, is, is a future where we are once again face-to-face -face with, with Jesus the King, with, with God himself, and with one another in, in very literal terms. Um, Community, in-person community is um, all woven throughout the biblical story because it matters. And when this is all said and done and we're able to gather together in something like our old rhythms, I'm, I'm sure that we'll, there will be some changes, uh, maybe some, some 
technologies that we've didn't embrace before that we do embrace now. But I, I feel very confident that regardless, um, the main sort of diet, um, the main thing we'll be pressing toward will be once again, in-person uh, relationship, um, face-to-face connection at Door of Hope Northeast. And that hopefully we will all treasure it. And that hopefully we will all move forward with this real trusting, <laughs> trusting belief in that declaration from God that it's not good for man to be alone, that we'll, ex- we'll have experienced it somewhat more so relationally, and we'll be eager to double down on our relationships, our flesh and blood relationships, both in, in our church and, and with others as well. And then verse 13, just the simple sentence, the children of your elect sister greet you. And, and probably what John has in mind here is, is his own church community, uh, a sister church to the church he's writing to. Um, he's, he's letting them know that our, our church community greets you. And I, I just, I, I, the idea of a sister church definitely takes on a lot more resonance now as we have a door of hope family of churches that's begun. Um, that's very much the relationship between our new little church, Door of Hope Northeast, and the more established, slightly bigger Door of Hope Southeast. Um, there's a familiarity. There's hopefully for everyone, like a, just a deep shared mutual love as so many of the folks that are at Southeast are people that we've all spent time uh, building relationship with and, and coming to really know and love well. Um, and so that just creates a really special bond between between church communities. Um, and you can imagine John feeling something, something like that here. So to conclude here, I I just want to note, like, as we wait for the time when we can gather together in person, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, I I hope that steps toward that are, are, are able to happen soon. Um, it's probably first going to be in, in small groups, like in our book clubs or something like house churches, um, and then eventually later in, in larger gatherings, all the way up to our, our big Sunday gathering. And as we wait for the ability to have one another over to our homes again, to, to eat together, um, to let our children play with one another, um, to cry with one another, uh, to, to, to just impromptu stop by all these little things that we've taken for granted before, or at least I'll speak for myself. I've taken for granted before. May we let anticipation build. And, and and when we do enter back into a time of like relational feasting, so to speak, like may we pray now that we wouldn't forget the joy and the goodness and the blessing of face-to-face relationship. Because if you're like me, you will <laughs> take it for granted. And a few months in, a, a year in, you will... Uh, probably if you're like me, begin to grumble about things and just not appreciate the gift that it is and the goodness of God's plan when he determined that his church, his His plan for his people would be the church, which would be um, a family, a community, not isolated individuals doing their own thing, but people banded together around Jesus. That's what I long for. I'm grateful again for the ways we can do it now, but I, I long for the day, hopefully soon, when when we are together in person again. And I think John encourages us to long for that and to not be content 
with less. We can function with less, but we shouldn't be content with it.